All right. You tie it. Yeah. I yeah. I was like last night. I was gonna do some casting, and then I just ended up do, talking to people on Discord and played a couple of StarCraft games, and then it was like midnight, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, I was gonna cast Cheese tonight for the next day," <laughs> so that was gonna be an hour and a half, and I was like, uh, "I'm gonna bed till like two. Fair it was enough. gross. So then that's I took a nap after work, and I'm feeling better now. I think that's good, what matters. Good. Yeah, yeah, sure is. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I did want to talk about The Last of Us Part Two. Okay. Because by the time this comes out, the game will be out for a couple of weeks, right? Right. I think the timeline makes sense there. I ended up playing out on Twitch over the course of about a week. I uh, actually was meaning to look and see how many hours of playtime it took me to get through it because I was curious about that so let me take a look at my twitch videos past broadcasts all right so the last one is three and a half hours that's five so that's eight hours that's five so that's um 13 hours and mm -hmm. that one's four and a half so that one let's just say that's 20 hours Wait, wait, wait. 18, oh, my maths are all messed up. I need counting help. All Write right. them down. Da, 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 da. 3.5 plus 5.5. So I can't remember. Oh, I streamed like 20 minutes before. Okay, so we'll just call that one five. One of the days I streamed for 20 minutes and then did StarCraft 2 and then came back and did another four and a half hours. Oh. 3.5. This one's only 145. What is that all about? I don't know. 3.55 and then 2. I think that's it. Okay. So, if we magic calculator box these together, 4.55. This is riveting podcast material. Sure is. So, about 35 hours. About average from what I understand. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it depends a lot on play style. I did have somebody watching who said they'd played through it already, but they'd played a higher, a heavier, sneaky play style, and this takes you longer when you're just waiting for patrols to pass and trying to get mm -hmm. through them that way instead of just kind of blasting your way through the room. Even if you die, which I did a lot by trying to blast my way through the room, then mm -hmm. it's still faster to do that than to try to do the sneaky, sneaky stuff. So. Fair enough. I also only played it on... Ah, I need to write this stuff down. I guess I have it on VOD. I can't remember what difficulty I played it on. I think it was just normal. There's like a super easy, Just I just want to play it for the story, and then there's an easy, and then there's a regular, then there's a hard, and then there's like a kick-me-in-the-face version. So I think I just did regular style. 
Mm. And that was hard enough for me. I've talked about this before, but I think my happy spot when it comes to games like this is if I feel invincible and I'm never dying, it sucks and it's boring. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if I'm dying 87 times on the same part of the game, I don't want to play it anymore. Right. So I'm not a Dark Souls player. Dark Souls people are like, no, 87 attempts on the same boss. What are you, a scrub? Yeah, probably. Yeah, get good, honestly. Um, yeah, so that was good. I mean, I there were a couple parts where I definitely struggled, but I never died more than, I want to say, f- five, six, maybe seven times at the most at any particular point in the game. And even that was only a couple times. So I think the difficulty level was good enough. I think it was hard, but it didn't feel f- overly frustrating in a lot of ways. Mm. That's good. Yeah. I guess the other overall impression is Lord Omicron came in to watch for a while and he was like, I don't have much interest in these games, the Last of Us series, because it just seems like like abject misery the whole time. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. He's like, I don't like, is it fun to play this? And I'm like, you know what? I don't know that it's fun. I don't think I ever had fun playing the game. I found it enjoyable to overcome the challenges and I found the story to be satisfying. Uh, and I found the experience to be emotionally affecting. But I don't know that it's a fun game. <sighs> Outside of some very specific highlights where basically, I don't know. Like I'd get a headshot on somebody with a bow and arrow from like 100 yards away. And I'd be like, yeah, that was great. I'd be very happy with myself. But those moments are kind of few and far between. Most of it, it was just I was terrified and running and just trying to do whatever I could to not die. So overall, that was really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, God, what's his name? The YouTube guy that we both have watched. The drinker? What's his career? Cynical. The cynical drinker? Is that what it is? Cynical drinker? C- cynical thinker? I don't know. I don't no. subscribe to him, so I don't know. It is cynical or critical drinker. Okay, that's what it is. So critical drinker. And he had a 27-minute video he put about The Last of Us Part 2 today on the 30th of June. And he's one who's pretty quick to be like, they're pushing a political agenda on us. Like, I hate this. He doesn't like Captain Marvel. Right? He's kind of skeptical about Wonder Woman. He's kind of a sexist in a lot of ways. But I thought his review of the game was pretty balanced. He was like, look, I think both sides of the argument are stupid here. This is not the greatest game of all time, which is what a lot of the reviewers have been doing with this game, giving it 95, 100 points on a scale of 100. This is also not a hot pile of garbage, like the people on the other side are calling it. uh, Because... I just want to interject, but you gave this game a 10 out of 10. Yeah. No, yeah. did I? Yeah, on Twitter. You said it was a 10 out of 10. Did I say 9 or 10? You said 10. I said I 10. T- I can pull the Twitter. Fair enough. <laughs> all right. So not greatest game of all time. Really great game. I like, I think. But the other side of it is that he, you know, is seeing people who say it's hot garbage and it sucks. Right. And he was like, you know what? I, I Both of those people, both sides of that argument are completely wrong. It's like, I totally respect what they've done with this game. It is ambitious as hell. What they're doing here, they're taking chances that a lot of game developers are afraid to take anymore. They're doing things that can risk having people get mad at them in the aim of achieving 
higher level stuff. Mm. Uh, so he's like, I really appreciate that. I think the combat is a lot of fun. I think the characters are pretty well fleshed out for the most part. Uh, so he had a lot of great things to say about it. He's like, okay, so that side of it, this is a really solid, really good game. And he's like, and I didn't, but I did feel like a lot of the plot contrivances were terrible. Uh, he felt like they smashed us over the head with the fact that Ellie is a lesbian a lot. And I was like, I don't... I kind of get what he's saying, but I don't know. Like, if the main character was heterosexual and she just had, like, a boy she was interested in, and there was the exact same amount of affection on display in the game, would you be complaining that they're bashing us in the head with the fact that she's hetero, right? Would that bother you? Or is it just the fact that it's a, a sexuality that is not, you know that is not hetero that you have a problem right. with. Right. And I don't know. That's hard to say. I think it could be hard for people to look at themselves and make that distinction of, of what they would do in a hypothetical situation like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So he had some problems with that. He did have some problems with the, with the plot being a little contrived in a lot of ways. And I was like, yeah, there's some of that. And I mean, obviously we're going to be talking about, some spoilers here, but bottom line, about halfway through the game, they're like, all right, so this villain, this girl, Abby, who hunted down Joel because Joel killed her dad as at the end of The Last of Us Part 1. He was a doctor in the Firefly Hospital facility. She hunts Joel down years later as part of a group she's in and murders him in cold blood after he saves her from a zombie horde. So, like, that's an extra little wrinkle. Uh, and then we're expected to play as her and understand who she is as a person and maybe even come to like her. And he says they are manipulative in the way they do this. They use dirty tricks. Like, for example, giving her the characteristic of agoraphobia. She's afraid of heights to make her feel more relatable. Or having her be friendly with the dogs that her group has after Ellie has just spent, you know, 18 hours fighting these dogs off and shooting them in the head after they're trying to rip her throat out. Mm -hmm. Giving her relationships, giving her, you know, all this backstory about her with her dad and what happened with her dad and how she felt about it. And I don't know. He complained that the way they did this was, again, uh, cheap and manipulative. It was effective, he said. But he felt it was, I want to say, unearned, maybe. And that was the first time I'd heard that particular argument. I'd never seen anybody say that. And I disagree with him, but I totally understand what he's saying. Because, yeah, the point of the story is we're going to give you a villain. We're going to give you someone you're going to meet for about 10 minutes. She's going to murder Joel with a golf club. You're going to hate her so much. And then for the rest of the course of the game, we're going to show you that she is probably not that different from Ellie, right? She had somebody she loved killed and taken from her. She's on a mission of revenge. She gets that revenge. Uh, and she's just another person trying to survive in this post-apocalyptic wasteland. Why do you hate her so much, right? She's not a monster. She's not indiscriminately killing people. She could have killed Ellie in that scene where Joel dies and she doesn't. And he... <laughs> 
he makes the point that she's a moron for leaving Ellie alive. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's one way to look at it, man. Yes, it was dumb to leave Ellie alive. But she, it was a moral decision that she made. It shows that she's not just a monster. She's, she's a human being. All she cared about was getting revenge on the man that killed her father when she was like 12 years old. And she got it. And she wasn't interested in killing anybody else, the people who had nothing to do with her father's death. And it opened her up to ex- to exposed risk. And it was probably stupid, especially in the world that they live in. But she did it anyway because she has a moral compass and she made a decision. And he just, he couldn't get past that. He was like, that's so stupid and so unrealistic. And I was like, look, the point of the game is she's not a monster. She's a human being just like Ellie is. And... That's the message that they're trying to get across. Is like the world that we're in here, there are no heroes. There are no monsters, really. It's just people. And people often make horrible, terrible, dark decisions. But, you know, the people that you care about also make horrible, terrible, dark decisions. We have Ellie, like, basically torture this poor girl to get information about where Abby is because she doesn't, like, Ellie doesn't know what else to do to try to find her. Anyway... So that's the message of the game. That's what we're going. And he, he makes the point a couple times, like, what a dark message. Like, thanks for the uplifting time game. And it's like, look, it's The Last of Us. The Last of Us Part 1 ends with Joel murdering doctors in cold blood in a Firefly facility to get Ellie out of there because they're trying to save the world and he'd rather keep Ellie around. Like, that is dark. That is not a happy, uplifting ending. And then the, it ends specifically with him lying to her about, uh, about the whole thing and about what he did and about what happened because she's unconscious during the whole event. So it's not like it ends with, and then everyone lived happily ever after and nothing was ever wrong again. <laughs> yeah, so it's just it's The Last of Us, man. You didn't come into this game expecting a happy ending. I hope you didn't. Because if you did, I, I don't know what, I don't know what your play style, what your experience was in Last of Us Part One, because it was not a happy ending either. Additionally, he was mad because he he says that the game makes it seem like it invalidated Joel's decision, and it made him out to be a bad guy. And I was like, I don't know what part of you finished the Last of Us Part One and thought Joel's a good dude. This is a natural consequence. The natural consequence of murdering 10 people is that some of them have loved ones and family and some of them will try to hunt you down later and get revenge on their on, you know, on their father's death. And that's exactly what happened. And there's nothing unrealistic about that. There's nothing moralistic about that. That was not the game saying that Joel is an evil bad guy who needs to die. It's saying Joel made a decision and there are natural consequences of that in the story. And that was it. He died. It was bad. And yes, did they trick us? Did they try to make us think this game would have a lot more Joel in it and Joel and Ellie would go on more adventures together? They kind of did. Absolutely. But like grow up. Sometimes expectations don't, you know, sometimes you don't get what you want in something and it doesn't mean it's a bad game it doesn't mean it's a bad story it just means that they were sneaky about things anyway i enjoyed it a lot so obviously i did give it a 10 out of 10 on twitter i said i feel like the people who are against it are just really mad that joel died 
which again is something that is a natural consequence, or they're super mad about the fact that there are lesbian and transsexual uh, identities displayed in the game, and that makes them question their world worldview about sexuality, and they don't like that. So, or maybe they just hate the fact that it's uh, so sad and depressing the whole time, in which I say you're probably playing the wrong game if you were expecting happy time. I don't know who told you that, but they were wrong. So that's it. I think those are my thoughts on The Last of Us Part 2. Um, I've been talking for like 10 minutes. Do you have any questions or is anything unclear about what I've just been ranting about? No. All right. Nope. So Somicron has no interest in this game. Precisely zero. Yar. Mm-hmm. All right. So rant yeah. over. Ah, good. So what is something you do want to talk about today? You know, I don't know. Okay. Is that it? Is this a 15-minute rant about The Last of Us Part (laughs) 2? We can do that. We could do that. Because, like, not much has happened in StarCraft. We're doing uh, DreamHack right now. Yeah, sure. I haven't seen any of those games. Ah. Yeah, I just watched... A couple of them today out on Twitch. There was a really interesting uh, Neeb versus Scarlet series. Okay. Which, I mean, I guess, I don't know, spoilers or whatever. But basically, there's a 40-minute ZVP between these two players where Neeb tries to go Sky Toss. And I'm like, look, I haven't seen a Protoss player win versus an elite good Zerg player with Sky Toss in months at this point. It just doesn't happen. Mm. And yeah, true to form at the end of the game, like Neeb gave it a good go, but too many spores, too many infestors, too many corruptors, too much abducting going on with the vipers and all the stuff that everybody hates. Scarlet pulled it off and totally won. And I was like, huh, look, hmm. Sky Toss, why? Not even once. Hmm. And then game two is actually kind of funny because he's like, oh, you think carriers are bad? He rushed carriers off of two bases <laughs> like it was a 3v3 game. Scarlet didn't scout it, did Damn. not scout it, and then Carrier showed up, and she was like, oh, let me make some Corruptors, I guess, and then died. <laughs> <sighs> and then the final game turned into a base race, where Neeb didn't open Stargate, so Scarlet went Mutalisk. Uh-huh. And so it's, it basically comes down to a base race, and uh, Scarlet has one hatchery morphing in the bottom right-hand corner, and no other buildings, and a couple drones out on the map. And Neeb finds her hatchery, and he's killing it. And she's got a drone next to an extractor, ready to make an extractor, but like, miss, like, miss hits a key or something, hits mm-hmm. the wrong button, and it like starts heading in the opposite direction for some reason. And then oh, no. the hatchery dies, and she loses. <laughs> <laughs> How it's... close was Neeb to losing all his stuff? Um, it would have been a really interesting finish. It was a weird finish because Scarlet had like 21 Mutalisks mm-hmm. and Neeb's army was like six Archons, a couple sentries, and like an Immortal. Mm. So depending on the magic boxing the Mutas are doing and depending on the positioning, and there were a, there were probably like 15 buildings left for Neeb as well, mostly in his main. Okay. So it would have been interesting. I don't. It would have been really hard for Scarlet to win in that position. Mm-hmm. 
But I would like to see her try. I would have liked her trying to snipe off buildings when the Archons come running for it and maybe protecting her extract. That's the thing that might have been hard is if he just A moves for that distractor, extractor rather, with all of his Archons. Mm-hmm. 21 Mutalisks trying to magic box six Archons. I still think the Mutalisks die, even if they're not taking any splash damage at all. I think yeah. there's just too much Archon. Yeah. Yeah. Because what yeah. is that mathematically? Like three Mutas per Archon? Not great. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> not yeah. Happening. No, probably not happening. But I don't know. We were robbed. I would have rather seen the actual ending rather than Scarlet screwed it up and lost. No. So that was a fun series. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, oh, Astrea was setting up to play. Vindicta? Who was it? No. Hang on, I gotta find this. That was a match. It was set up. And then I. 2019. It's not 2019. And I was gonna watch it because I was like, I wanna watch some Estrella. But then hmm. I couldn't. Some work came up and I couldn't actually see what happened. So that was a bummer. Hmm. What if we can figure it out? All right, so is it officially DreamHack? Yeah, I saw it on Twitch earlier this morning. It's called DreamHack. DreamHack Summer. But not Valencia. No. Because that's not until July 2nd. Oh, wait. So the DreamHack page has a 2020 Masters Valencia July 2nd through July 4th, but there's not even a page for it. That's in like two days, you guys. Make your page. Mm. But no, that would include the group stages too. What is this? All right, that's it. Tournaments ongoing. DreamHack, StarCraft 2, Master, Summer, Latin America. Oceana. Is this it? Oh, no. Yeah, that's it. But this is, uh, uh, except for the NA. Right. It's got that's multiple the... tabs. It's got multiple tabs. So you just. Oh, easy. So just click North America. Okay. Got it. Yep, yep, yep. So it's North America. So this is DreamHack SC2 Masters 2020 Summer North America. Got it. Mm. So we can figure out where Australia. Oh, it's Jon Snow. That's what it was. It was Australia versus Jon Snow. And I was like, okay, two Americans. Let's see how they do. But then I didn't. And I'm just going to spoil myself here and say that Australia won two to one. So nice job, Australia. Okay. Jon Snow got 2 0 by Semper. Jon Snow not having a great showing here. One and four overall. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole bunch more happening here through the next few days. Ah, North America. North America, StarCraft. Good times. Good times. Is there the GSO? Nebos tour to Silky. Oh, I didn't see that. Really? Yeah. Huh. What if we tried to go carriers again? <laughs> Amy. <laughs> Cyril casually going eight and zero in his group. Yeah, he was okay. <laughs> yeah, he's doing fine. Yeah. There was one match where he kind of got tested, a little bit. 
I think it was Hero Marine, which makes sense. Let's see if I can see where that one is. Hero Marine is not in his group. Not Hero Marine. Was it a... Oh, Who did he play? Terran. He played Hellraiser? No, it wasn't Hellraiser. Soul? Well, Soul. if it was if it was Terran, it was either Soul or Marine Lord. It was Marine Lord. Marine Lord who's at the bottom of the group. Yes. Okay. But there was one match that went like twenty five minutes and Marine Lord was going mech and he got his mech like all the way down to Cyril's third base and Cyril only had one base mining. He'd killed so much stuff with it. And Sarah was like, alternating Ultralisks and Broodlords? It was kind of a weird thing. But worked, apparently. Uh, Yeah, it worked in the end. He would just be like, here's eight Ultras, and they'd all die and take out like two Thors. Huh. Here are some Broodlords. They'd kill like two Thors and all die because the range. Right. Anyway. So that was kind of a fun game, but I guess it didn't really ever feel like Sarah was going to lose that necessarily. No. No. Too many European Terrans with Marine in their name. Hero Marine and Marine Lord need to, like, duke it out and decide who gets to use Marine in their name. <laughs> it's too confusing. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, if they were both uh, from different regions of the world, I'd feel better about it. But you're in the same continent. Knock it off. Sure. Yeah. Same continent, but... It's a yeah. small continent, too. Now that matters mm, more. Is it, though? Europe? Yeah, Europe's large. It's not tiny. Well, it's like the smallest continent other than... Australia. Yeah, other than Australia. <laughs> it, it still makes it pretty big. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> They're doing more of this in Europe tomorrow, actually. So Cyril has to play Skillis and Lambo and Stefano. He should be fine. Mm. There's no Rainer in here. It's true. Where's Rainer? Uh, Rainer's group is Rainer, Mana, Vanya, Sword of a Laser, Art, DNS, and Goblin. Hmm. He also went 6-0 and in his group so far. Rainer's doing okay. Yeah, Rainer's doing okay. Mana actually mm -hmm. went the same. so He's actually tied for first with Mana. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah. Dang, way to go. No Terran in that group. Yeah. Crammed all the Terrans in the other group. There's four of them in group B. <laughs> this is Terran land. No Zergs and four Terrans in that group. And four Protoss. I hope you like PVT. Mm -hmm. I think Braddock is playing too. Yeah. He's certainly there. An old, Slightly old better name. than Ziggy. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit better than Ziggy. Mm -hmm. Poor Ziggy. One and eight. In games overall. Mm. Blah. Blah, blah, blah. Cool. Super cool. Good StarCraft happening. Everyone's yeah. doing it from home. It's true, yeah. There'll be no uh, offline events for a while. At least none with audiences. Yeah, sure seems like it. Yeah. That was a funny yeah. comment. So I posted some games. This uh, Chinese organization comment or contacted me about casting some games with an AI they're developing for StarCraft. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
And the AI took on uh, Tudming and Time, two Chinese pros. Time's pretty good. Tudming's not bad either. Time's definitely better, though. Mm-hmm. And yeah, their AI looked pretty good at, you know, at playing StarCraft in general. The first game, if you haven't watched it, basically <laughs> against Time, it makes a total of 123 Vikings. Uh, he's flying Vikings around, landing them on just on top of tanks. Just harassing with them, killing buildings, killing entire expansions with Vikings, and then flying away. It was kind of inspiring as far as the meta of StarCraft TVT is concerned. It was very strange. Mm-hmm. And I just got a comment coming through on the channel. Somebody said, knowing the Chinese, this is a setup. <laughs> uh, people hate China. They really do. And like, here's the thing. Is the Chinese government doing some evil stuff? It certainly is. Does that mean everything that comes out of China is suspect? Mm, I don't think so, personally, but I can see why somebody would go there. Yep. <sighs> yep. Yes. Uh, yep. <laughs> hey, I... Where do you stand on this issue? <laughs> I think do you the fear Chinese. China? <laughs> I fear my Chinese overlords. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think the people of China would like to be as a separate an entity as possible from the Chinese government when it comes to projects like this. I, I don't feel the need to associate them with the Chinese government in stuff like this. It's like, there's an AI and it's playing pros. That's about it. as nationalistic as we need to reference it. As nationalistic? Yeah, as in, as in bringing in the nations that it's from. It's like, is it a Chinese AI? I don't care. It's an AI. No, gotcha. we don't. We don't need to be calling it a Chinese AI. It's just if they want you to promote the the website or whatever, then obviously you should have that information available there. But I don't mm-hmm. think it's particularly relevant. Oh. See, like if it was somebody coming from Zimbabwe, I would call it a Zimbabwean AI. Like I don't know, this is specific to China, right? But I I I also don't care that it's Zimbabwean, right? Like. Okay. It's, a, it's irrelevant. It's an AI. So these dudes approached me with an AI, and they had some games. Uh, yeah. Huh. Fair enough. Yeah. I can see that perspective. Yeah. That's the, the relevant, interesting part, because, I don't know, calling it a Chinese AI, all of a sudden, oh, I, you get people who are like, hmm, it's Chinese, it might be a setup. It's like, oh, your casual level of racism is astounding. Thank you. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Hmm. Far enough. How's your chair? It's comfortable. Yeah. Good. Got a little memory foam cushion for my head. Mm. Oh, I feel nice. like that's a um Is that the bare minimum for a chair? <laughs> like mm. if it's not comfortable, it's like okay, you failed in your purpose. It's true. Um, well, I mean, its purpose can also be like, um, uh, like how do I put it? I'm trying to get someone to sit properly, like it, has, it needs to have the proper lumbar support and stuff. You can oh, have yes. those, but not find them particularly comfortable, even though they're better for you. That's a good point. Yeah. So, do you say it has lumbar support and is good for your back and neck? I have no idea. Oh. Like, I don't know if what's good or bad for this. 
It says it does, but I don't know that it does. Have you ever dealt with back problems before? Um, not really. Okay. Maybe uh, this is helping prevent future back problems, but how will you know? <laughs> Impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I might sit in this chair and still get back problems. Was it the chair that gave it to me, or were the back problems <laughs> mitigated because of the chair, but I still ended up with them anyway? We'll never know. It's impossible to know. Impossible to know. Mm-hmm. 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 So, you just finished Last of Us. What are you going to be playing next? Uh, Okay, so I have a couple options here. Mm-hmm. I do have Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2. Sure. Which I've really heard nothing but good things about from people. I can it, tell you the bad things. Oh. Tell it's, me one bad thing. It's Rockstar. So it's full of loot boxes. And the single I, player game is full of loot boxes? No. No. The game. Oh. Well, I'm not narrowing it down to single player. Ah. Okay. I don't but, care about multiplayer or anything. Right. But... Okay. But it is a bad thing about the game, technically. Yes. Yes. All right. It is a reason not to buy it. <laughs> IMO. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to support the practice? Pretty much. Okay. Well, that's too late. I already bought it like six months ago. So can't Why'd fix that. Can't unring that bell. Why'd you buy it six months ago? It was on sale, and I was intending to play it at some point. And I was like, fine, here, and I never downloaded it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I appreciate that it's cross-platform support, unlike The Last of Us, which is a freaking PlayStation 4 exclusive. Oh, you you mean it's multi-platform, not it has cross-platform support. Because that would uh, mean you play with yes. people on other platforms. Do they not? Well, I don't know. I, I thought you didn't care about the multiplayer. <laughs> I don't. So why would its multi-platform support be a good thing? Uh, Just because I don't have to buy a new console to play it? No, no, no. But that, okay. Cross-platform and multi-platform support are different things, right? Yes. You said cross-platform, which is like Xbox players playing with PlayStation people. Multi-platform yes. support or a multi-platform release just means it also releases separately in different places, like on Steam. Yeah, okay. The thing, the thing you said was about multiplayer. Got it. Yeah, which is why I'm confused as to you caring about it, which it also does not have, apparently. Hmm. Bummer. Yep. Yeah, you're right. I don't care about the multiplayer aspect of it. And it's nice for other people, but I don't care. Sure. Uh, but yeah, just the fact that it's available on PC. don't have to buy a new console. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's that, possibly. Uh, the other possibility is I'm thinking about playing X-Wing Alliance which is a 1999 Starfighter LucasArts game okay so Alliance is they made X-Wing first that was the first like hey you want to fly a Star Wars ship X-Wing and then they made TIE Fighter no they, then they made X-Wing TIE Fighter first then X-Wing mm-hmm. then X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter didn't have a story at all. There was no campaign. There were no characters. It was, here's a series of missions. And then X-Wing Alliance, they're like, hey, look, fine. Here's a character. Here's a story you can play through. And then we have all the multiplayer stuff, too. And it's just a bit of an improved graphics over X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter. 
Yeah, this was the 90s when they were like, okay, we're going to make X-Wing, TIE Fighter, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, and X-Wing Alliance in the course of like five years. That is how <laughs> game development worked back then. There was no, you know, seven-year wait for the next installment in something. Right. Yeah. So X-Wing Alliance, I've had it for some time. I had some trouble with it in the ga- good old games Galaxy Launcher a couple of weeks ago. And that was annoying. But I got that taken care of. And... uh so I'm thinking about playing that on stream just because, I don't know, I think a lot, I mean, 1999 was a long time ago. There are a lot of people who are entirely unfamiliar with this generation of games and entirely unfamiliar with what Squadrons is trying to do. Squadrons is very much trying to be those games in play style in a lot of ways it's not trying to be battlefront it's not trying to be anything else that had some kind of ship flying over the last 20 years it's being alliance it's being x-wing versus tie fighter so i think it'd be fun to play it through i haven't played it through before so it'd be a new experience for me and yeah i just haven't played any kind of a any kind of a space sim flyer game on the stream at all so i think that might be fun and different okay sounds good yeah. Do you have any suggestions? Hmm. I if think not, it's fine. I have plans. I. Yeah, you've just listed them to me. Yes, I'm aware. Yes. Um, I think Halo Three is about to come to the Master Chief Collection, so okay. I would be hesitant to recommend anything with a massive time commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, I can take a break. I mean, the right. Halo campaigns we've established are not that long. <laughs> It's true. We should go through them on Legendary then. Um, <laughs> no, no thanks. The the one game I would recommend that I've heard lots of nice things about its campaign is Titanfall 2. Oh, how long ago was that now? Uh, four years. It's okay. a 2016 release. Um, I, remember, I always just remember more buzz about Titanfall. Mm-hmm. Titanfall 1, I think, had yes. more buzz about it, yeah. It did. And then people liked it. People were like, this is great. I enjoy this. This is really fun. And then 2 came out. And I just remember people being like, wow, they did it again. It was more of a more of the same kind of a thing, which I guess is fair. Give people what they want. What's different about 2? Uh, it has a campaign. Ah, that's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it also has a different um, like customization options for the multiplayer. And inferior multiplayer customization options, I believe. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Yeah, um, but I've like I I played like the first level of the campaign and was like, yeah, not for me. But then other people were like, oh my god, you didn't get to like the level five? It's amazing or whatever. I'm like, the first <laughs> level sucked. I wasn't interested. But it's also on sale at the moment for sixty seven percent off, which is why I'm recommending it. Wow, it what platform a, is it on? It's on Steam. Right, okay. which is why it's on sale because it's just come to Steam. It's like, hey, buy it here, but um, it will require you to download and install Origin. Because <laughs> yeah, I already have Origin. Yeah, because it's EA. It's no getting away from them. <sighs> Maybe one day they'll give up. They'll <laughs> Maybe. Give up on having their own platform. Maybe I doubt it. <laughs> Yeah, it's got good ratings. Again, it was generally well received. I never saw any kind of firestorm of criticism about it at all in any capacity. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yep. 
tip. Generally well received. Oh, Apex Legend is a battle royale spin-off game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I always wondered what Apex Legends was, and now I know. It's a Titanfall spin-off. Yep. Huh. They're not making Titanfall 3, the developer said. <laughs> Apparently not. Fair. Fair enough. Yeah. When I was uh, on the uh, discussion page for Titanfall 2, there was a bunch of people mad at Steam users who are buying it now and complaining that they still had to have Origin, and then all the Origin fanboys were like, if you had just bought it on Origin, we'd have a Titanfall 3 now. <laughs> who's an origin fanboy nobody's like yeah origin it's my platform of choice someone there were very angry people in that <laughs> message board <laughs> i mean i totally understand the argument of like you latecomers if you just come early we'd have a bigger player base and mm-hmm. they'd have more money to do more of this but no mm-hmm. but they're blaming you didn't pe- want to install origin <laughs> but they're blaming people who wanted to buy it somewhere else with the rest of their collection of games rather than installing uh ea's malware i mean launcher um <laughs> you know they like yeah they could just be blaming the company for not releasing it everywhere putting it on everything they can right yeah which nobody really likes to do it turns out new no. what do i have on origin because like these are the launchers that I only bust out when I need to because I'm playing something mm-hmm. very particular. You have Mass Effect and you have Dead Space. Yeah, and That's Dragon Age Origins. Yes, <laughs> which I've never even installed. Really, it's a good huh. game. Yeah, haven't touched it. It's a good game. I have Wing Commander play. Three out here. <laughs> sure. Which is another like 1996 game, <laughs> starring Mark Hamill. Oh right, Looks- yeah. Yeah, Luke Skywalker's in it. <laughs> I was like, why the hell is Mark Hamill in it? Oh, right, it's a Star Wars game. <laughs> it's not. Hey, well, it's a Wing Commander. Is that not Star Wars? Nope. It's a different it universe. Sounds, sounds like it should be. No, it's by the guy who's doing... Uh, uh, <laughs> who's doing the big space flyer thing that's been going on for 15 years now. Space flyer thing. Yeah... I can't remember its name even. That's not a good sign for you guys. Star Trek? No, it's a video game. Like they crowdfunded and they've been oh, oh, promising uh, a campaign forever. Star Christ. Citizen. Yeah. There we go. Star Citizen. Yeah. Yep. So the same guy who's doing Star Citizen, uh, Chris Roberts, did the Wing Commander games back in the 90s. Mm, okay. And Wing Commander 3 was the first one in the series that had like video cutscenes because it was a CD game instead of on discs. Uh, it's pretty good. Like the flying isn't all that impressive, I didn't think, but they, it was really ambitious for the time. And then it was available to download on Origin like years ago, so I grabbed it. Mm, okay. So yeah, Battlefield Three, Dead Space Three, Dragon Age Origins, um, Mass Effect Two and Three were out here, where One was just on Steam. That was before Origin existed. Mm-hmm. And then The Sims Two, for some reason, I don't remember buying that. Nobody remembers buying The Sims. No, it just appears one day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, in a pool with no ladder. <laughs> you have to rescue it. Mm. Mm. So what are you going to play? Have you decided? Make a decision right now. Three, two, uh, one, answer. 
I'll probably do Alliance first. I can't imagine the campaign's super long. Right. Because, again, this is 1999. They didn't have, like, 60-hour campaigns, I don't think, back then. Right, right. Final Fantasy VII. Um. Except for Final Fantasy VII, which is the most <laughs> ambitious project in the history of gaming for its time, I think. Good heavens, that game. Uh, yeah. I didn't figure out how much time I put into that one, because that, that was a good chunk. That was a bunch yeah. of six-hour sessions. Uh, it should be on your Steam page. Oh, yeah. I forgot it was out there. Steam says you're playing the Epic Games launcher. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I guess it is running in the background. That's funny. Why would... <laughs> what yeah, the heck, says, Steam? says you played 51 hours of Final Fantasy VII. And there you go. 51 hours. Yep. I skipped a bunch of stuff. It's true. It's true. I didn't care about the chocobos at all. That's unfortunate. It is. Quite sad. I got a Star Wars bundle a few years ago. Dark Forces, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy. Mm-hmm. Battlefront 2 from 2005. Good game. Yep. First Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I got a Star Wars bundle at some point because I have 12 Star Wars games in my Steam library. <laughs> yep. That, that would explain a lot. Most Where of which Star Wars I have games not, come from. Most of which I haven't played. Right. Um, Empire at War, Dark Forces, Jedi Knight, Dark Forces 2, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi uh, Outcast, Jedi Academy, Fallen Order, which Fatty actually gifted me, hmm. uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords, Starfighter, Battlefront 2, Knights of the Old Republic, Force Unleashed 1 and 2. Yeah. It's a similar bundle to what I got, but different. You have more, but there's overlap. Hmm. Yeah, back in the Lucas Arts days, back when there was a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So Alliance should be good. Fair enough. You don't want to play Star Wars Starfighter? It's basically the same thing. What the heck is Star Wars Starfighter? It's a spaceship game. The Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. So it is. Oh, it's uh, episode one tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> released February 2001. Huh. Is that when it says it's released for you? Yeah. It says it's released January 21st, 2002. Hmm. Intriguing. Is it regional? Maybe. I never thought it was, but maybe. That's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I never played this one. But man, it just has the Naboo Starfighter on the front, and it's just like so many bad memories associated (laughs) with that movie. The storyline follows the exploits of three pilots prior to and during the invasion of Naboo. Now this is pod racing. And yes, this is pod racing. It's only $8.50 if you want to pick it up. (laughs) I believe it. They remade Pod Racer. I heard about that. Yeah. So there's a pod racing game they had on the N64, and they ported it to the PC. I don't know if it went... Hang on. It was on, like, PlayStation or anything at the time. Mm-hmm. But they did a remake of it. Released it on the Switch and the PlayStation 4. Really? Yeah. And it, I mean, I watched some video. It doesn't look significantly different. 
it's still got the kind of like you can see the polygons 3d technology from 1999 uh-huh and it's really just a racer there's like no story it's like here you go here are a bunch of pods oh. you can race and here's a bunch of different tracks and you can win a cup i guess the end this is this doesn't look like a remake this just looks like 1999 star wars episode one racer like a port yeah this maybe is it a, is more of a port because i like i already found the steam page for this game <laughs> oh I mean, really yes it's literally called star wars episode one racer that's what this game is oh so it's not i was looking for pod racer that didn't work Star Wars Episode One Racer, ten bucks. Yeah, that feels more like a port than any kind of a remake or a remaster. Uh huh. And yeah, I, I mean, again, the video that I saw, none of it was significantly different from <laughs> what I remember it being when I was a kid. Uh huh. Yeah. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, the gaming options for PC gamers back then weren't super great. <laughs> Not quite as nice as they are today. Right. Oh, but it has Joy-Con support and split screen on the Switch. Holy crap. Those are actually decent selling points. <laughs> it is. I don't even think I can export my Switch to the TV. Like, I throw away the hub that you have to plug it into. So if I wanted to play split screen on my Switch, you would have to use the handheld. Wait. That, the tiny little screen. You threw away the dock? Yeah. Poor... Porque? I I don't want to game my Switch on the TV. Oh, there you go. I don't I don't want to force my Switch, which can ban- barely handle its 720 screen, to export to 4K. Right? Like that's just not going to look good. <laughs> did you try it? Did it look bad? <laughs> no, I did not try it. Should, oh, for science, you should have seen exactly how bad it was. That's hilarious. Mm, I could have. I should have. I did not. <laughs> God, remember these levels. There's ones like where you're spinning around in a tube. You're upside down part of it. Yeah, it's really basic. Again, it's a really, really simple game. 21 total tracks. Uh-huh. And that's it, man. <laughs> race against the AI. Race against your friends. Win, lose, whatever. That's it. The end. Mm-hmm. The entire <laughs> like description for the game on Steam is two engines, one champion, no limits. <laughs> that's about it uh-huh. <laughs> super nostalgic I think it ran better on the N64 back in the day I think it was originally intended for that mm, Okay, but it was back in the day when well, I don't know if that's fair I'm trying to decide if it was more common for console games to get ported to PC in 1999 or today hmm Probably, I mean, again, just because there are so many more games today, uh huh. just the sheer number of games that get ported to PC from console is probably higher. Yeah. Um, hmm. I, I don't know. I don't either. Yeah. Because, again, we've, I mean, we've talked about Final Fantasy. This is the era when they were porting to PC and then they stopped entirely after about 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at least as far as they're concerned, the era was, you know, 20 years ago. Right. I, I think 
the the uh, the sticking point is the word port where it was developed for one system and then later ported to something else i think a lot of games now the the development is either so similar for consoles and pcs that it doesn't matter and mm. so you see the like multi-platform releases much more commonly because porting is from one pc to another is not an issue right yeah and that's it's not necessarily a thing they do anymore yeah okay even for like the switch you think developing for a switch isn't that different from pc anymore the switch would be the the one that's different out of all of them like the xbox is basically a small pc it's running windows yes right yeah (laughs) and like the newest upcoming generation of xbox just looks like a pc tower (laughs) right they're not even hiding it. <laughs> I mean, personally, I'm on board, to be honest. I think that it looks better than the PS4. Uh, PS5. Yeah. But from what I understand, the Switch does... Uh, like, uh, Nintendo has um, help for developers to make sure that their code runs properly on Switches and stuff. Like, they're giving that support so they feel it's necessary because of the architecture or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think it would be the hardest of the three. But yeah, I mean, you know, there aren't that many consoles anymore that are uniquely different to PCs. Right. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Just a different world that we're in. Suppose. Mm-hmm. Suppose. Suppose. <sighs> oh, the other thing. So I posted my excitement about, or I talked about Squadrons, um, mm-hmm. one of my videos, and. Most people are like, you know, don't trust EA, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yes, that's entirely fair. I made that point. Mm-hmm. But then did a- EA do the Command & Conquer remake? Mm, I don't know. Okay. Because somebody made that point and I was like, what? And I didn't look it up. Hold on a second. Oh, yeah. Command & Conquer remastered EA games. Hmm. So I know Lord Omicron loves this. He's having a great time with it. Caden well. seems to really enjoy it, too. They published it. They didn't develop it. Oh, who developed it? Uh, Petroglyph and Lemon Sky Studios. They're credited hmm. as developers. Hmm. Okay. Well, that. Hmm. So murky. Yeah. The world of development and publishing. So I wonder if we look at the Wikipedia page for Squadrons and developed by Motive Studios, published by EA. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, all Motive has really done is Battlefront 2 and Squadrons. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, they appear to be a developer set up for EA. Yeah, which is uh, weird, kind of. Kind of, but not really. Like, publishers want to control the studio already, so why not just have their own studios? That's... Right. Well, why not call it EA? Right, because then people know it's EA. <laughs> <laughs> but you're already published. Like, it says EA on the box. They're not hiding the fact that EA is involved. Right, but now you can have double the reputation. One as a developer, one as a publisher, and keep them separate. Right? <laughs> Sounds overly complicated, but maybe that's business. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, Command & Conquer, they're not going to put, like do anything crazy with skins and loot boxes and stuff because the entire selling point of it is nostalgia 
And if you mess with that too much, you're not going to sell copies. Yeah, and I've heard rumors too that Disney's really unhappy with the backlash to Battlefront 2 because mm. there was backlash. There was and... backlash, but I do remember Disney made an article where they were like, no, we're fine with it. Um, they're fine with the the way EA is handling the franchise and they continue. They expect to continue their licensing agreement. That came out around the same time as uh, uh, Battlefront 2. Well, then why do they have loot boxes and stuff in squadrons then i guess Be- because backlash like the uh, the backlash because still works of the backlash the, yeah that, that would be it's my not guess. because disney cared it's just because they didn't like the backlash in general yeah okay um either that or they um, like tinfoil hat time they it, they put the the loot boxes in a super over aggressive way in battlefront one and then they put them in Battlefront 2 in a slightly better... And it's like a, hey, we're listening. And then they really want to sell you on, hey, buy our game, we're listening. We took these out entirely. Guys, come on. Put your $60 down. All right, 40 it, but yeah. Australian 60 Right. Right, right. Yeah. Um, hmm. I wonder how much that matters. Like, I wonder how many people are like, okay, it's EA, and I hate EA. But they don't have the Skinner box thing, so I'll get it, you know? Mm, maybe. I guess that's what we'll have to find out. What's the publishing date on this? Uh this one? February twenty nineteen. Oh yeah, that's two out that's two years after Battlefront two came out. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. That was a while. Ah, Disney, you're so evil. Uh huh. You really are. Yep. I don't know. I think what's funny about me with Squadrons is I don't care what they do with the, you know, 5v5 ladder multiplayer stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm really just only interested in playing against AI, with AI, and maybe with and against friends. I just, I don't have any interest in getting good at Squadrons. You don't want to go pro? Not even close. Like, I don't want to get as good at Squadrons as I am at, like, StarCraft, which is not very good. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I don't even want to hit that bar. 100% funds. Fair enough. Fair Yar. enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anything else we want to talk about this week? You know, I still don't think there's anything to talk about this week. Okay. Well, yep. good, because we were at an hour, so. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for a bit of a ranty, rambly, meandering episode of the Falcon Paladin Hour. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week with maybe a bit more of a structured setup. I don't know. No promises in the time of 2020 and the COVID plague. It's no promises about anything. True but go ahead and please check out the merch. You can check out the Patreon page of the podcast as well to support the pod directly. And until next time, as always, thanks for being here. Hope you're staying safe and healthy and you take care of yourself.